morning, Chicago, and welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. we got the returning Shay. We've got Jay Moore. we got you on a slippery Tuesday with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Watch our show on YouTube as well, youtube.com. Look for the ESPN Chicago page. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And also on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. So, Cap, by the way, sidebar may I approach? Yes, sir. That would be brought to you by Enkin Law. 3126 million for the great attorney, Howard Enkin. Put that lawyer in your phone. You never know when you're going to need him. Sign my ball. Even though Tim Anderson's not here anymore. Um, That's it. <laughs> Cap, you get this and I get this as well. People asking us, guys, you talk a lot about the Bears, talk a lot about the NFL. And we say, yeah, because people, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about the team that galvanizes the city, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, we talk a lot of football because the Bears, not only are we the home of the Bears, but also people have a lot of opinions about what the offseason should be and what mm-hmm. next season should be. The other reason why that there's a lot of football discussion is because everyone's watching it. I tell Peacock all the time, I say, you know, you might be watching Housewives of Huntsville, Alabama, or you might be watching some other you know, reality show on Netflix. I said, but nothing brings eyeballs to the table like sports, live sports, specifically the NFL. You saw this. 37.5 million viewers on that Saturday night game with the Packers and 49ers. Again, 37.5 million viewers. That is the most watched Saturday telecast on any network since 1994. How about that? 1994 Winter Olympics was Nancy Kerrigan. Why? Why me? Why? Uh, Jay Moore's got that on his board somewhere. I want you to think about that, though, Cap. Now, again, it's not like we know a bunch of ice skating uh, aficionados and fans, but everyone wants to see this Nancy Kerrigan thing. Galuli with the... With a pipe to the to the back of the knee. Shane Stant, that was who they hired in. Galuli was the mastermind. Very good. Think about it. Since 94, Cap. I mean, on uh, a Saturday night, uh, you know, Saturday night, terrible night for TV. Nope. Not when you got live sports on, pal. 37.5 million people. Crazy. So every bowling alley, every man cave, every lounge, you know, everywhere... They were watching that game, 49ers and Packers. Even with the fire trucks in front of my house, we still had the game on. It peaked at, you were still watching it, <laughs> with the smoke billowing out of your home. That's it. You're still, you still had it on, a, on an app somewhere. That's it. 40.9 million was the peak. That's like your numbers when you were on NBC Sports Chicago, those kind of numbers. Right. We're talking those type of numbers for Chicago Tribune Live, Sports Talk Live. <laughs> By the way, where did Nancy Kerrigan get her knee cracked? Detroit, Michigan. That's right. Joe Louis Arena, right? Something. I think it was at Joe Louis Arena. Was it Arena. in the tunnel or was it in a hotel? No, I think it was in the tunnel out at yep. Joe Louis Arena. Yep. Might have been Kobo. I'll check. There it is. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I knew Jay Moore had it. That's the last time. That sound by Jay Moore is the last time that you had 37.5 million viewers or more in 94. Damn. This is not, I mean, these are MASH numbers. Ma- the last MASH number. This is. Uh, Who shot JR? Man on the Moon. Right. Numbers. Right. For football, Cap. So everyone's watching it. We thought that 37.5 would be like the peak of like the Super Bowl, right? Because everyone's watching. You know, 
God bless all the other networks that don't carry the Super Bowl. You might as well just have a white flag for four hours just waving into their screen. Here's a white flag. So long, everybody. Nothing, right? Thanks for coming. 37.5. So the juggernaut that is the NFL, that's why people are so interested in the Bears and the the NFL because of that. The last match. match. I watched it. CBS. Right there. So think about that, Cap. Since 94, that's the juggernaut in the NFL. That is. And you and I... A couple of dopes sitting side by side watching baseball all summer. Right. It just never gets out. <laughs> they couldn't get those numbers in 10 years. Uh, I told you, my brother and I were talking <laughs> yesterday. It's Sunday night. He's like, dude, we love baseball. Nobody does it like the NFL. It's not even a discussion. Think about it. Like the World Series versus what I watched over the weekend? Stop. Not even close. And I love baseball. The NFL has the best playoffs. And I'm t- I, having gone to my first NFL playoff game over the weekend, I've never been in an environment like that. Now, I will tell you, in terms of just, I'm not talking about the product on TV, just the playoff format, pretty tough to beat the NHL. Pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't even watch, so... Well, that's your <laughs> loss. It might be, but I, honestly, people have always said the NHL playoffs, there's nothing like it. It's incredible. I'm sorry, the NFL has perfected this. The single elimination, yep. the extra teams now in the Super Wild Card weekend into a divisional round, that is nails almost year in, year out. I, I just said to you, if they do it better than anybody, but in terms of just the... Like the whole the drama of like a game seven in hockey, pretty tough to beat. Game seven in anything because that is the penultimate. It is the end. Yeah, but that's why the NFL has it best because every game is game seven. Yeah, sure. I'm, I may or may not sit in an open microphone. Why is the NFL having more wild card games? You, you, I might have done the topic of the protection of the players thing. I might have done that on a, on a night show. Correct. And talked about, hey, man, that's all you need. More playoffs, more opportunities for injuries, more you know, Thursday night football. You don't care about the athletes. They only have a couple of days. To re- people gamble on it. People, people are watching. They do. Think about it. I, can't, I cannot dispute it. So It's unbelievable what they have created. Like the whole the pageantry, everything. Like hockey doesn't have that. The, the 60 minutes on the ice in a game set is pretty unbelievable. But, like, the whole pageantry of the NFL, and oh. as Shea said, there is no game seven. Every game's game seven. Yeah, yeah, especially in the playoffs. We documented yesterday, Cap. You and I were in awe of the difference between some Bears games that we see and then the playoffs. It's just ratcheted up even more so. The type of hits, the type of runs, how every throw is important. Uh, everything is just on the line because it's win or go home. That's it. It's not a regular season game in October. It's everything. Watching that Detroit game, and it's more insulated because it's in, in Ford Field in a dome, just the pops that you can hear where it's just like the extra effort to get that ball out, the extra effort on that, those running plays, the extra effort to be able to run harder, faster, to be able to get that ball. It's just it doesn't. Even the playoffs and the regular season seem like two different type of sports. It does. It does. It feels different. Even though it's the same sport, it still is physical, but that playoff football is even different than what I see in September. I've been to so many regular season NFL games, and it's like a different sport from what I was at on Sunday. Like, Sunday was the craziest atmosphere I've ever been in. And in an NFL playoff game, as a fan, 
when the defense is on the field, you feel like you have an impact in what's happening on the field. Yeah, Chris Canty said the other day, he's like, look, the hardest hitting game of the year is week one in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He goes, because you don't hit like that in preseason or in camp. He said, week one, whoa, we're back, getting popped. He said, right after that is the conference title games. He goes, not the Super Bowl, the conference title games are, man, everybody's just laying it on the line to get to the Super Bowl. Once you're there, you're there. Still to come this half hour, we're going to hear from Greg Olson, who spent time with Wild and Sylvie. It was a great interview. Number one analyst for Fox Sports. And uh, we'll get his thoughts about the quarterback situation with the Bears. But first, your calls. 312-332-3776. If you're just joining us, we talked earlier about the importance of the quarterback position. How important the quarterback position is in the NFL. Is that the end-all, be-all in the NFL? We, we think it is, based on what we see in the divisional round games and uh, the final four we're going to see this weekend. In Brooklyn, New York, listening on the ESPN Chicago app, here's Derek on Cap and Jay Hood. Derek, good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. How you doing, Jay Hood? Cap, what's, what's up, on? brother? I'm good, I'm good. I just wanted to say, listen, I'm happy with the hire. And, and like I say, a majority of the time I do agree with you guys. Quarterback is the most important position in football, period. The man, that's the man who holds the ball and distributes the ball to everybody, whether that's passing or handing it off to the quarterback. And what's got me a little baffled about Bears fans is that why are you guys so enamored about Justin Fields just because he can spin out of the pocket and run for 60, 70 yards for a touchdown? Listen, we need a pocket passer. Justin is a good quarterback, but we need a quarterback who can read the field and pass the ball accordingly to who needs to get the ball in. Over the past three years, Justin has not proven he can do that on a consistent basis. So, again, Bears fans, why are y'all afraid of change? If we draft Caleb Williams, we reset, we get some fresh legs in here, fresh arm in here, fresh perspective of how a quarterback is supposed to distribute the ball, except what's about to happen. I really feel like we're going to draft this dude, and, and Justin is going to be out of here. And it's nothing against Justin. It's just that... We have to start doing what other teams do. We draft the quarterback. He doesn't play well. He's out of here. And I'm sure, just like in, not to bring another team up, but New England, uh, Mac, Mac Jones is not going to be in, 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 in uh, I mean, New England for long. He's going to be out there. So, Bears fans, be ready for change. Love you guys. Always listening. Go Bears. Bear down. Take it easy. Fellas. Bear it Come out, on. Derek. You're the man. Derek, we appreciate the telephone call. Smithfield, Virginia, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Dave on Cap and Jay Hood. Dave, good morning. Hey guys, good hearing from you. You yes, too. Sir. Turn and, uh, that radio uh, down, buddy. To... Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a radio on. Okay, oh, we heard the echo. Go ahead, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. That must be my deep booming voice. <laughs> there uh, you go. Go ahead. I agree with the idea that the quarterback is the number one issue on a on a football team. I'm not so sure in our case it's just fields, but I would like to point up something else that I noticed during the playoffs, and that is depth and the lack thereof in the NFL in this ever-longer, ever-lengthening season. To me, there's a good argument to be made trading out of the number one position to pick up more depth while still retaining a top-ten pick to pick up a quarterback, not necessarily the top two or three that have been mentioned before. Um, I will turn it over to you, but I, I will point out how many quarter, how many uh, linebackers were down for Buffalo during that game and how it affected their defense, for well, example. Well, I'll just say this, Thanks. Dave. So, it's, so it sounds like, based on your call saying that, hey, 
you're concerned about the wrong position. Are you looking at wide receiver instead? You mentioned linebacker. Do you think that Fields should come back next year? Uh, uh, number one, I do feel that Fields should come back next year. I okay. do feel they should pick up his fifth-year option. That doesn't mean they're going to keep him for the next two years. What I think you need is a quarterback identified somewhere in the draft, which Cole seems to have a, a gift of doing, uh, that falls somewhere in a one-year developmental stage. They already have their third-string quarterback, which I also feel you need to have, and Badgett. So all you need to do is pick up someone you can develop, and that falls right into Waldron's pick. I might add that Waldron also has been known for reducing hold time uh, on a quarterback. Uh, That's what he did with Geno Smith the last two years, and his times dropped how long he held the ball. And that seems to be Fields' biggest issue, is how long he holds the ball. Uh, as opposed to releasing it and getting it to somebody or throwing it away. Now, having said that, the Bears need another tackle. <laughs> they need a, an outside edge rusher. I could go through a laundry list of what they need. But by trading back, they can pick up the slots they need to pick those guys up later in the draft. It's pretty deep in, in uh, wide in uh, excuse me tackles, for example. There's at least three top choices in there, including Alt. You know, there, there's a lot of a lot of good edge rushers in this in this draft. And yeah, by the way, I, 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 there's I, more than one wide receiver who's available, who's big. They do need a big, fast wide receiver. Well, Malik Neighbors, I know the Bears like a lot. Same with Rome Adunze from Washington, as well as Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, those are the top three guys on the board. Look. When Albert was on and when I listened to Greg Olson yesterday with Waddle and Sylvie, it's great stuff, great stuff. And he said, look, if you had the 15th pick in the first round, we're not having this discussion. You have the number one pick. That's why this discussion is valid and relevant. So Greg Olson on with Waddle and Sylvie. Here's the question. And you can hear the interview in its entirety on the ESPN Chicago app, just click Waddle and Sylvie and check out the podcast. If the Bears move forward with Fields, what is the best offensive system to run? Greg says that to me, that is the only offense. And I'm, this isn't even just about Justin. If you ask me, all right, you're going to run an offense, Olson. You don't know who your quarterback is. You don't know who you, you don't know anything about your team. But I, you need to pick right now what system you're going to run. It is not a coincidence that Brock Purdy and Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud and all these young quarterbacks that in a very short amount of time have really grown into the real deal dudes, right? They, they didn't have a real – I mean, C.J. Stroud had no transition. I mean, he, he was great for, as a rookie. Right. Jordan Love, yes, he sat behind Rodgers for years. First time stepping on the field this year. Brock Purdy, this was his first full season. I mean, he took over last year in like week 14. For them to have the success they did, it is not a coincidence they're all playing in the same system. They, Tua, down in Miami, same system. To me, that is the system that every young quarterback could benefit from. So I, if they do stick with Justin, I think it's a good sign that they brought in Shane Waldron. Obviously, he comes from that McVay background. He did a little bit of it. You saw sprinkles of it in Seattle. Sometimes the personnel and whatnot, the, the philosophy doesn't exactly allow him to like do it to the nth degree. If he comes in and he runs that system at its truest form, what we've seen out of San Francisco, what we saw all year, Matt LaFleur probably ran it the most pure of any of the coaches around the league, right? Shanahan's evolved a little bit because Purdy's got some things out of gun that he's good at. And down in Miami, McDaniels has altered it just because of Tua and those wide receivers, and he's put his spin on it. But LaFleur's system, what he ran, 
I think a guy like Justin, getting him under center, getting him on the move, getting him boots, getting him easy throws, takes some pressure off the offensive line that you're not just sitting back there and shotgun all day saying, hey, rush the passer. I think that system protects the quarterback and the offensive line better than any system in the league. And Detroit this weekend with Ben Johnson, same, you know, right. same idea, same philosophy. It's not a coincidence the teams that have success offensively are all, in essence, under the same tree. What do you think of that? Same tree, he said. Same tree. Exactly. That's all the McVeigh, Shanahan, Mike McDay. He mentioned all of those. Now, that is getting the ball out quick. That has not been Justin's strong suit. Has that got something to do with Luke Getze? I'm sure it does. But can Justin go from that guy to a guy who takes a snap and rips it? I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I have no idea. He has not shown that ability, but he's a smart kid. He's got a big arm. He's a great athlete. He's a great leader. Like, he checks a lot of boxes. So before you move off of him, you better know what you're drafting. Copycat league, and and this is the way it is in sports. Someone finds success in something offensively and defensively and say, oh, you want a championship with that? I want to replicate that, too. With our athletes. I'll put that in our team, into our system. Okay. So Greg Olson laid out for you three or four teams that run the same thing that the Bears run. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what we don't talk enough about is the execution. Because if you say the execution, then God forbid you blame the players. God forbid. Because yeah. it's so easier uh, to say... I, I don't understand why people are so reticent to blame players. Oh, well, you got their jersey cap. You got their autograph. You live, you live vicariously through the player, not the coach. That's just the, that's just the idea as a fan. You don't live vicariously through Matt Eberflus or Luke Getze. Who wants, to be, who wants to be the coach? When you think as a sports fan, what would you rather be, the coach or the player that's getting all the glory, especially when you win in this town? So that's the reason why. He laid out to you Green Bay. He gave you Tua from Miami. These, guys, these, these, these systems that work. But, but what you just said... The hallmark of all of that is they get the ball out quickly. Bootleg, that means that the offensive line is an iron gate giving you enough time to be able to get the ball out. Okay, but here's my question for you. Where did Luke Getze come from? Green Bay. Same system. Yeah, it's what he laid out there. Right. So he gave wh- you two or three why, examples. Why has it struggled to that degree? Is, is it all Luke's incompetence? I don't think so. No. Justin has to bear some of the responsibility. That's correct. I'm not telling you Luke Getze's Bill Walsh. I never have. He's unemployed today for good reason. The offense wasn't good enough. But he came from the Green Bay system, from Matt LaFleur, who came from the McVeigh tree, the Shanahan tree. It's the same system. And having said that, because it's the same system, if the Bears feel like, okay, Justin, we're going to run it back with you one more time, and we're going to arm you with offensive linemen not named Whitehair or Feeney, we're going to give you younger talent or veteran talent so you have time, but you've got to get the ball out. Ultimately, that's on JF1. Correct. Ball's got to come out. Yeah, so, but so there has to be a trust there. Yes, it's a new system, but now we're giving you another wide receiver uh, or two. We're giving you a couple of other uh, offensive linemen. It ain't going to be perfect. But you've got to be able to know you don't have to deal with PTSD if you get the ball out quicker. Correct. Look at all these other games in the playoffs and then look at you. 
and and you can we can easily say, well, the reason why Justin can't flourish is because of the offensive line. That's funny. I saw Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl with a rickety offensive line. Correct. Horrible. Correct. So, you know, there's reasons and excuses. Ultimately, what's the execution factor? Are you getting to where you need to be? So far, the answer is no with JF1 as a quarterback. That's correct. You're not getting to where you need to be. And then someone's listening right now and says, well, how do you know that Kale Williams can be able to get there? We don't know that. And there's the conundrum. Right. <laughs> we don't know that, Cap. We don't. Like, if you had dropped... Oh, who's a good comp here? If you had dropped... Lamar Jackson on the Bears. Be running for his life. But they win more football games. Sure. He's a better player. Sure. Luke Getzey might still be employed. Mm -hmm. If you drop Patrick Mahomes this year onto the Bears. Running running for his life, but you win more games. You win more football games. Yep. That's a fact. There you have it. Ed in Dallas, Texas, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Ed, good morning. Ed? Good morning. How's, how's everyone doing this morning? Good, man. How's everything in the Metroplex? Uh, cold and rainy, a little dewy, but we can make it through. It's not cold and freezing and snowing anymore. Right. <laughs> Same here. So, right. so you hear our conversation. What do you want to talk to, to us about regarding the Bears think, and the NFL? I think you and a lot of people are, in some situations, looking at the situation wrong. And what I mean by that is, like everything else in life, we're dealing with conditions that are situational. When I look at what Justin Fields can do, given the situation that he is in, when you put those situations, and I don't want to disparage Caleb Williams because I think he's a good talent, but me saying that I think it's better if the Bears stick with Justin Fields over Caleb Williams doesn't mean I don't think Caleb Williams can't go be great somewhere else. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, there is not a thing that I've seen Caleb Williams do, given the right conditions, that Justin Field has not demonstrated on tape in the NFL. Justin Fields is a better athlete than Caleb Williams, and there's not a throw that Caleb Williams can make that Justin Fields can't make. In terms of your conversation about decision-making, one thing that I heard Tom Brady say years ago and it always stuck with me. It's this. There's not as much decision-making on the line of scrimmage that you think is happening that's actually happening. What happens is they've practiced something over and over and over again, and you run it like the back of your head. You, 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 you run it like you know it. And so what I see is the difference between someone like Lincoln Riley and Luke Getty. When you look at Lincoln Riley quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, even the year Jalen Hurts was there. he had a, All the numbers are very similar. And you look at something like Luke Getze. Luke Getze plans for quarter number one, doesn't adjust, and in my opinion that's the reason Justin Fields' stats start to decrease quarter after quarter because, yeah, first quarter he looked good, but he doesn't make infield, he doesn't make in-game adjustments. So his lack of detail and lack of proper adjustment during the game makes it harder for Justin. However, when Justin is given a clean pocket, come on, go back. Go back and look at the Atlanta game. Go back and look at the games where Justin Field is absolutely lighting it up given the right conditions. Got to be sun got to be sun got to be sunshine and 80 degrees for for Justin Fields to be able to flourish. What if the pocket's not perfect? 
That's the point. It's it's about it's about the little things, the intangibles. When the offensive line Ooh. is not working together, when there's no one open, how do you be? Are you, how are you able to score and get down Look, the field? He was great in the Atlanta game. Great. Yes, it's the best I've seen him. But the week okay. before, the second half against Arizona, he was horrifically bad. Okay, how, how did C.J. Stroud produce when the pocket collapsed on him? Did you pay attention? Go back, rewind the game, and see how he performs. Look at Caleb Wood. Look at throw out all of Caleb Williams' games against Buster teams. Only look at his games against good teams. I looked. I, I read. I watched him twice. I looked at the Washington game. I looked at the Notre Dame game. I looked at the Oregon game. Caleb Will Williams does the exact same thing Justin Fields done does when he's given those exact same conditions. If you don't believe, I think we, what we have is a lot of people who don't take the time to actually go back and do the research in places where it matters. I challenge anyone to a film study of these conditions, and I guarantee you, you'll see that Caleb Williams does the If not, okay. Caleb Williams actually makes boneheaded decisions. Okay, well, let, let's address it, and we appreciate the telephone call. Okay, so show me that perfect quarterback that's coming out of the draft. Correct. Show, show it to us, that perfect quarterback. To, again, you don't have to be able to put Caleb Williams underneath your feet to make your point clear that you want Justin Fields. If you want Justin Fields to be the quarterback next year and you think that's fair, then that's fine. But you don't have to be able to to cherry pick certain games and say, "Well, I saw him against Notre Dame, and I just think that he's in the mud." No, no, it doesn't work that way because the best of the best had their issues in the draft. That's why they come into. I'm sorry, they had their issues in college. That's why they're in the draft. You're accentuating the positives and hide the negatives and try to be able to get certain players to NFL caliber. Right. So Ed on the phone knows more than. Cliff Kingsbury, who told Albert, that kid's the closest thing I've seen to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and by the way, he coached them both. Hey, it has his right to his opinion. Agreed. I guess my my point is, though, is that I'm not going to turn a blind eye to Caleb Williams for the good that he's done for, what was he, 21, 21-year-old? Because, again, he's a young man, Cap, and he's supposed to be 38 right now going into the draft. He's supposed to be at Tom Brady's level. He's supposed to be already Patrick Mahomes coming into the draft. Well, no, no, because he had some really great games and he had some games that weren't very good Agreed. on a college level. Agreed. So if you just feel like, hey, guys, Justin Fields should be the quarterback for the team, that's fine. No one's going to fight you on that. But the idea is just like, well, you know, Justin does the same thing that Caleb Williams does. Well, if that's the case, why is it? Why does the offense look like that? Why is it so, why is it so scattershot offensively when Justin's there? Offensive line, coaching, Justin. It's all part of the problem. All of it. They need a new center. It's got to be a serious upgrade there. They've got to get another receiver in there. Mooney had a terrible year. They've got to continue to upgrade. But Justin has to upgrade, too. Uh, So, Shay, (laughs) along with going to the Detroit game, you saw what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is back-to-back games now um, where Buffalo has needed to be able to have Shovelers out to shovel Orchard Park, shovel the stadium, $20 an hour, and a nice hot lunch. Correct. But there's still remnants of snow that's still there, even though the shoveling took place around the stadium. And there's and you've seen snowballs being thrown at the opposition. Shay, I mean, if you, had, if you were in those seats in Orchard Park, would you throw snowballs? 
I feel like if I say no, I'm lying into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> You're better than that. The, the, I, the snowball celebrations when they score touchdowns and everybody launches snow into the air, that's awesome. Uh, Catman, I feel like if I'm there tailgating with Bill's Mafia and I'm drinking... And then I get into the corner of the end zone in the seats, and everybody's got snowballs, and they're tossing them on Justin Watson and Travis Kelsey. They're not tossing them. They're inebriated. firing at them. At them. I, I have a hard time believing I would not also join in in the snowballs. Okay, then is it fair if the player comes right over, you're in the first row, and he punches you right in the freaking jaw? Is it? I feel like that's a bit of an excessive response. Uh, what if you hit him in the face with an ice ball? Well, he's got a helmet on. And it goes through his mask and hits him right in the eye. And he goes, who did it? That bearded dude right there. Uh-oh. Bam! They launched me out of the stadium. He's not going to come over and punch me. You don't know that. Travis Kelsey? Ron Artest is playing in that game he is. <laughs> Ron Artest. Right. Malice at the palace. Wait a minute. If I toss a snowball over at a player and it just hits him in the back of the helmet, turns around, clocks me in the face. You know what I just did? I made $50,000. My ticket's paid for and I'm good to go. <laughs> I'm not throwing snowballs out there because yeah, I don't want to get kicked out of that. That's, that's a move of a jackass. <laughs> I, look, I'm Yeehaw. not telling you it's classy. Yeehaw. I'm not telling you it's the right thing to do. Hoodie asked me a question. I felt like if I said no, I wouldn't throw the snowballs, I would be lying into the microphone. You put me in that environment, I have a feeling I'm picking up the snow and tossing it. <laughs> I, I could do that. I couldn't do that, Cap. Bad guy. You know why? Because I... I I moved heaven and earth to get there through the snow. I'm sure the conditions aren't great on the roads there in, the bu- in Buffalo. I mean, and then I get in there and I want to throw a snowball at the opposition because my team lost. I can't do that. Agreed. That's not in me. To can't do, do it. But Shay, though, with the, the quick toss, you talk about get the ball out quickly. He'd get the snowball out quickly right to the head of Patrick Mahomes. Bam. Bam. Quickly. Yeah. If, if the Eagles were in there, Big Dom would come and take care of you. <laughs> And I would laugh. Shay, what happened to your lip? Why is it eight times it's hot? Big Dom punched me in the face. Yeah, and then he's kicked out. I could have been the reason the Eagles collapsed. That would have been awesome. Wow. So, fair or foul? Put that on the poll, please. At ESPN 1000 on X on Twitter. Fair or foul? Snowballs. Throwing it at the opposition. Fair or foul? All right, coming up, my partner, David Emmanuel Kaplan, is up for a new job. We'll tell you about that job coming up next on Cap and J Hood. Uh-oh. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and J Hood. Bulls beaten last night at the gun, 115-113 in Phoenix. They had a 23-point lead in the third quarter. Kobe White led the scoring with 26. It was not enough to overcome 43 in the game winner at 1.6 left from Kevin Durant. Bulls fall to 21-24. Two nights off to get the Lakers on Thursday in Los Angeles. We have a trade this morning in the NBA. No, it's not Zach Levine. Terry Rozier is headed from the the, uh, Charlotte Hornets to the Miami Heat for Kyle Lowry, who will then be bought out and be a free agent and a first-round pick. Blackhawks shut out again. They've lost 17 straight on the road. 2-0 to the Canucks. They get the Kraken in Seattle on TNT with the great Eddie Olchek on the call tomorrow night. NBA honored the 18-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game last night. 
Two new franchise scoring records were set. Carl Anthony Towns tossed in 62 for the T-Wolves, but they lost 128-125 to a bad Charlotte team. After the game, their coach, Chris Finch, said it was an embarrassment and a disrespect to the game. Joel Embiid scored 70 for the T-Wolves in a win over the Spurs. Jay Moore! And Jay Hood on back. I want to thank both you guys, man, for the great season of Bears information. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys and I love the show. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With you until 10 o'clock, then Mike Greenberg comes up at 10. Carmen Yurko, 12 to 2. Waddle and Sylvie, 2 to 6. Black and Abdallah, 6 to 8. Don't forget you can watch our show on Twitch and on YouTube as well, YouTube.com. Look for the ESPN Chicago page. A new coach will be over at DePaul now that Tony Stubblefield was fired yesterday, Cap. That came across Stubblefield no longer the head coach for DePaul. Yeah, it was disappointing to see Tony go, you know, out that quickly, but change had to happen. The record's 3-15, and and they're getting blown out on a regular basis. I mean, I, I chuckled. John Greenberg tweeted yesterday, oh, I thought things were turning around. They only lost by 14 the last time. I mean, they become a punchline. And at that point, you have to make a change. Recruiting was not where I thought it would be when he was hired. Well, we have a special guest that is joining us here in studio. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the car Turn now to... Dwayne Peavy, who's hey, joining us in my studio. Guy. Dwayne, how are you, buddy? Hello, Cap. How you doing? I'm good. 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 I am good. I'm excited for what's next uh-huh. for DePaul. They've always been, you know, special place in my heart because mm. my late father went to school there. Oh, he did. Yes. So you have a connection. Yeah, my brother and I have always been fans, and we had season tickets for. 20-some years mm-hmm. as a family. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And I coached against them, of course. Shay Norland, could you come in here, the, your, your producer? Uh, I have a few questions for you because because of your connection with DePaul, uh, there's a few questions I'd like to ask you because we're looking for a head coach. So we're going to ask you a few questions. Oh, you got a light on me. Number one, what can you do to help us at DePaul? Uh, I mean, I feel like if I was in that situation Mm -hmm. in my previous coaching life, Mm. I would have to immediately rally the troops of the local high school coaches Mm -hmm. in the Chicago Public League, the Catholic League, the Mm. Chicago suburbs. And then you've got to draw, in my opinion, a circle around the campus, 200 miles in each direction. Mm -hmm. That's where 98% of your players should come from. Mm. Occasionally you find a big man out of town, but... You don't have to recruit L.A. to New York. We got great players here in Illinois. Hmm. We have 10,000 seats to fill at Wintrust. Can you get us at 5,000? That would be easy. Oh, you can get 5,000 people. How about that? Yes. Hmm. You put a good product on the floor, this Mm -hmm. city will support it. Mm -hmm. That means we need a commitment from the business community Mm -hmm. that wants to advertise with us, Mm -hmm. wants to partner with us. We want to be able to put a good NIL program together. We have to be very aggressive 
I want take that on the baselines. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going to make it a very hostile environment on our opponents. Uh, we'd like to know that you have some sponsors that you can bring to the table. We are bereft of sponsors and money that can help us. Do you have sponsors, sir? A hundred percent. Name them. Well, why not the Chicago Cut uh-huh. you know, transfer portal? We can All our transfers are paid for by <laughs> David Flum and Matt Moore, my friends that own Chicago Cut. Uh-huh. The great Ricky Apt. Uh-huh. Apt Electronics, mm. they can be part of our NIL collective. Mm-hmm. Feldco Windows. <laughs> There's some really good companies. Feldco Windows. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and I'm actually thinking of making a deal with Loyal. We're going to buy Sister Jean to be come over to DePaul. Oh, you can make that deal. Jean coming over. Yes. Tra- How old is she now? 101. Uh, is she attraction? Halftime show? We'll have her do the blessing like she does at Loyola. Uh-huh. And we're still a school, uh, I think, of the Vincentian Fathers. I think it would fit. Uh-huh. I don't know how many fathers we got there, but we hopefully we can get enough mm-hmm. to, to be able to help us. Now, what is your offensive philosophy, sir? Offensive philosophy is we are going to play unselfish basketball, but when that ball, when they score, mm-hmm. which we hope will be rarely, mm-hmm. it does not hit the ground. Mm-hmm. It will come out of the net, and we get it back in, and we put the pressure on them mm-hmm. defensively by attacking the goal to score through our primary break and our secondary break. Here's the big question. The fathers all want to know. You going to make it to Mass every Sunday? <laughs> That's hear, a no shot. <laughs> I hear you're an ordained minister, though, sir. I am an ordained minister, but I'm Jewish. You are? Deal breaker. You're telling me that a school of the Vincentian Fathers can't find it in their heart to have a Jew coaching their basketball team? Deal breaker. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, look at St. John's. Yes. Damn. They decided they wanted to win, and they brought a guy in who was nailing his a woman and his, and his coach's show on a table. No, no, no. We're not going to get into coach. Well, never mind. He was getting strippers for his recruits. I'm not going to do anything like that. Coach Cap, we need to have some attractions besides quick change at halftime. Do your dogs do tricks? Uh, yes, Sparky and Stanley uh-huh. will be mascots right there at the end of the bench. But do they catch frisbees with their mouth? No That's shot. That's what I need to know. No shot. Well, we need but them. I am friends with Jesse White, so we'll have the tumblers. So you want him to do the halftime show? You yes. Want, you want that old man to tumble? No, he He's has... He's good for a city sticker, He though. has kids that tumble for him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lastly, we have not been in the Final Four since 1979. Correct. The question is... I know where I was the day that you clinched your birth into that Final Four. 95-91 to 91 over UCLA in Salt Lake City. That is correct. They beat UCLA. They thumped them, hung on at the end, and went to the Final Four. 1979. Correction. The Final Four was in Salt Lake City, uh, where we lost 76-74. To Larry Bird, who went 16 of 19 from the floor. You seem to know a lot about our program. I do. I coached against them. Can you get us to the Final Four? That's a dumb deal. You're guaranteeing the Final Four? Guaranteeing. Five million a year. You're hired, sir. I'll take the job. You're hired. But I still have to do the morning show with Hoodie. Huh? I'll be in about 11 every day. We've got to change the uh, radio rights then. Yeah, the don't games know. are coming here. Yeah, I don't know if Zach Zabin would want to do that. Correct. 
Let Zetterman, let Zetterman know the games are coming here. You're hired, sir. Five million a year. Done deal. You can retire on that. You, we'll blow you out after three years. But I want a five-year commitment. <laughs> no problem there. Tell the father I want my check. <laughs> You're hired, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> the Cap and Jehu cut of the day right around the corner. Cap passes the test on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood. You're officially locked in. Put your hands up in the sky. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Time now for the Cap and Jay Hood Classic Cut of the Day. That'd be brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. David Flom, who I already mentioned, will be one of the benefactors when I take the DePaul job from uh, Chicago Cut. Chicago Cut Steakhouse, LaSalle on the north side of the Chicago River, Jay Moore. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. It. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! So good to have you back here. It's good to be back from my trip from... The Indiana Dunes. Nashville, Tennessee. Nice! Yes. A place where Shay and his wife know very well, Nashville, Tennessee. I've been there once. So, nice. Very... Uh, just a tremendous trip. Drive or fly? Uh, definitely fly, pal. <laughs> yeah. Definitely the pre-board. Yeah. Absolutely. You know my game. <laughs> like, sir, is there any way, you know, I could pre-board? Any way I can get on? Well, we got a full flight. That's fine. Let me just pre-board. Thank you, Southwest. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> just high stepping my way right down, the, right down the rampway, right on the plane, pal. That's how we do it. Nice. Of course, I asked the lady quietly, ma'am, um, I know I'm the third person on here. Any way I can get an extension? <laughs> you want what? <laughs> Keep it down, please, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Seatbelt extension. Thank you. Quietly, though. Quietly. Here you go, sir. <laughs> sir. <laughs> Just big it up. <laughs> please. God's sake. And that's all, folks. The Captain J. Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. It's a cold, you know, kind of misty, icy sidewalks. Guess what? Get yourself over there at lunch and get safely ensconced in a booth. Order the burger. They've got great soup, like a French onion soup. Oh, man. It'll warm your bones. Just relax. You got the iPhone with you. Maybe bring the laptop. Work right at the table. That's how you do it. For those of you that need an extension for your seatbelt, make sure you get it right away. Don't they say, okay, we'll get to you, and then it's a full flight. And then here comes the lady saying, is this what you wanted? And she's got it open like, you know, uh, six by nine. No, just, wow. it's, uh, it's, it's, this is what you want, sir? Please keep it down. Just roll it up. Just roll it up. Hand it. Quietly on the, way, on the way through. Please. Jeez, don't tell the whole world. You know, there. You know, we've seen the news about a possible new Sox park, mm-hmm. and so there's some names that have been thrown out there for the name of said possible Sox new park. Oh boy! Here's Shay Norling. Shay, yeah, reference this earlier in shot or no shot. If you missed it, the viral rat hole in Roscoe Village uh, was listed in a Chicago Tribune column. Ten names for the new Sox Park. Rat Hole Park made the list in honor of the viral rat hole over the weekend. Mm -hmm. The other names. Manny's Cafeteria and Delicatessen Stadium. 
Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. I haven't been there in ages. It's a great place. It's a great place. You ever been there, Shay? I have not. It's phenomenal. Jesse got married there. That's fantastic. Jesse's wedding was at Manny's. The great, the best deli. You might as well if it's got the great food. And like during a, a political campaign, all the politicians go there. Because it's always packed. I love that. Manny's. All right. What's the next one? Uh, the 78. Just very simply, the 78 would be the name of the stadium. Got no problem with that. It could have a retro look. Yeah. The 78, like 1978. Correct. I, I have no problem with that. If they're going to call it that anyway, if they are able to put that shell the, on the ground. the parcel of land. Yeah. 78. The 78. Next one. Obama Yards. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I drive past Obama Yards every day as they keep <laughs> trying to build that library. Still, still working on it, Cap. Still working on it. Obama Yards. The Obama Yards. Not back of the yards. <laughs> Obama Yards. Not Camden. Obama. <laughs> wow. What else you got? Loop Park. Loop Park. Oh, God. Greg, Greg, just grade that one. That's bad. That's horrible. Live from Loop Park. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Len. That's, 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 that sounds terrible. That's not good. Loop Park. On the ESPN 1000, Hard Rock Casino, White Sox Network. 11-1, A's win. <laughs> it would be an easy nickname, though. Like, if the team is bad, Poop Park. <laughs> You'd be setting yourself up for one there. Loop wow. Park, wow. All right. Second City Stadium. God, I, I hate that. Yeah, I hate, that I hate too. it, too. I hate being called the Second City, too. Yeah. I hate that so much. The worst. I know, it, I know that that's... Commonly um, synonymous with our city. I just don't like Second City. I don't either. It's like we're the city of big shoulders. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, this space for rent field. Uh, you know, might be. Temporary solution while the Sox try to find a sponsor from the cryptocurrency world. Oh, no. So before God. it becomes a Bitcoin stadium, this space for rent field. Oh, my God. Jeez. Can we just get something that's sustainable for 25 years at least before you turn it into Aquasure? Lock it in. Here, how about Heinz, Heinz Park? Get back in the game, Heinz. <laughs> it's just like Pittsburgh, right? Right. Get that's back gone. in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Aquasure. Yeah. <laughs> how about Ozzy Guillen Field? Yes. That would be cool. Yes. Then uh, Major League Baseball Network will be here, and Bob Casas will call it Guillen Field. Ozzy Gijen. Gijen Field. Says you could call it the Oz. Fine. I know where are you going? That. We're going to a ball game at the Oz. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's catchy. That's Short. super cool. Yeah. Uh, By the way, speaking of Oz, yeah. I saw his tweet today. Shout out Chuck Garfine, Harry Carey Award winner as Sportscaster of the Year. The winner last year, my partner, Jonathan Hood. Yes, last year it was me, the Drew Carey Award winner. All right, what else do we have? Because his plaque was spelled C-A-R-E-Y. Shout out Paul Sullivan for all of these names. Taylor Swift Stadium. Because being associated with the world's biggest pop star worked so well for the NFL. Sure. And it'll boost the attendance if you just name the stadium after her. Will she ever play there, though? Wrigley. <laughs> That's the question, right? Taylor, you want to play in Chicago? Wrigley Field. Is that thing dark outside of uh, Sox baseball, or will they actually have events in there? Taylor Swift. Nah, I'll play at Wrigley. Nah, it's okay. Wow. Well, they named the stadium for it. It's all right. 
I'll go to Wrigley. And then just Sox Park. Sox Park. That's what it's going to be called anyway. Yeah. We thank you for listening and calling in and being part of the program here on Cafe J Hood. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Jay Moore. How about a Waddle Wednesday tomorrow? Look forward to it. By the way, the Bears are interviewing three new coaches off the Seahawks staff for offensive spots. Here we go. Oh, not the Royals? So long, everybody. Wow. From Take Chicago. That.